Welcome to my first ever Patreon question show. Um, I used to do this for on the Patreon, but you know my Patreon's not that big. Uh, so what I've decided to do is we're gonna have a very exciting new show on the YouTube channel. The questions will come from my Patreon Discord. So if you want to ask a question, which we're gonna go through, sign up for the Patreon at any tier. And you can get in the, the ask questions thread, ask questions for the show. Um, but the show will be available to everybody. So questions will come from the patrons and the show will be available to everyone. Uh, so you can get it. Think of it as kind of a look behind the curtain, whatever you want to call it. The link to the Patreon is in the description at the bottom of the show. So just to give you an idea of the kind of stuff that we might discuss in the Patreon discord and other things like that. Um, this is like, you know, kind of a promo, that kind of thing. I haven't decided, uh, these shows will be recorded, uh, and there'll be a playlist up on my YouTube channel, which you should be able to see somewhere on there, uh, once this video is posted. And then, um, haven't decided on a specific recording schedule. These won't be live, but, um, you know, maybe every couple of weeks, every couple of weeks, I'm going to do something like this just to, uh, get on here solo and, uh, you know, answer some questions, some kind of questions that, tougher on a live show. I've obviously looked at these questions. I've had a little bit of a chance. I, I know what's coming. So a little bit more of a chance to get to your questions with some time. I had some time to think of some answers to these questions. So I'm not kind of caught off guard uh, for some, some of these more. Um, you'll see. Let's just jump into them. Let's just jump into them. So uh, the first question from Ryan, and I thank Ryan for this question. He actually has three questions, but this is the first of the three. With fantasy landscape pivoting to a fade running back strategy, I agree with that. Are there any veteran RB buys on your radar for a competing roster? If so, uh, what prices are you buying in at? Well, for me, when it comes to veterans, if we look at veterans, what would we call a veteran? Is Jonathan Taylor a veteran? I'd say no. Uh, you know, I mean, he is, but he's 24. If we look at the high-priced veterans, the, the first group, Includes Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley. Those are all probably too expensive. Josh Jacobs for me might be a little bit of a value. In Superflex, if you can pay like the 107, 108 for Josh Jacobs, I don't hate that. Uh, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley are probably out of my price range. So then if we go down a little bit lower, uh, Austin Eckler, uh, he's kind of a hold for me, but not really a buy. I find that his buy price is too expensive. So then to get to a veteran that I'm really interested in, we got to go way down because I really don't want Joe Mixon. I don't want Derrick Henry. I don't want Dalvin Cook. Um, Miles Sanders and David Montgomery. I saw David Montgomery on the DLF Trade Analyzers, an article I came out with. It's like equivalent in value to the 209. I don't hate that in the Superflex. So he might be one. Uh, Miles Sanders, depending on what he does. I'm, so I'm recording this and it's going to be published on the day of the Super Bowl which is also my birthday. This is my 28th birthday today. So a lot going on today, but Miles Sanders could be one. Um, and then, you know, if you're willing to go cheap, I don't hate, you can get like Elijah Mitchell for a mid third or something, Damian Harris, who's a free agent, those kind of things. But usually buying running backs is not what, uh, <laughs> what I go for. So I gave you some, some options there. Do you ever fade draft capital for certain rookie prospects what things do you look for when making that decision fade Vellis Jones due to age? Okay, well, 
let's take it uh, position by position. So for tight end, I usually let the draft capital make the decision mostly for me. Tight ends in college uh, don't often put a lot on tape. So, you know, you have to kind of judge based on the skill set. And the draft capital is the best indicator we have. So for tight ends, I usually rarely fade draft capital. Draft capital usually informs my decision very, very much. As for running back, it's actually kind of similar, a little bit less. You, I kind of know if a running back is good a little bit more. But, you know, fading draft capital, running back draft capital is everything because it's the likelihood that they're going to be replaced. If you're a round one or round two pick and you play well, you're not going to be replaced. If you're a round four pick like Michael Carter and you play well, you still could be replaced. So for running back, no. Uh, not really. For quarterback and wide receiver, I would say there's a couple of things. For wide receiver, sometimes you get someone like, and I learned this lesson, sometimes you get someone like Amon Ross St. Brown, who we know is, we should have seen is good, was a good prospect, but fell in the draft. I might be a little bit willing to overlook that. Um, on the flip side of wide receiver, if we go to the fading high-end draft capital, rarely want to do it. You know, I was pretty in on Jahan Dotson. That doesn't look so, that looks pretty good. Um, I was in on Jalen Waddell, despite people saying he was bad. That looks like it's gone pretty well. I was pretty in on Devonta Smith with his draft capital. That looks like it's going pretty well. I would say with wide receiver, you don't generally want to fade anyone in the first round, ever. Anyone in the first round, you usually want to take them seriously. In the second round, sometimes you get players who don't belong there. Tyquan Thornton did not belong there. So I will downgrade him. I will downgrade him because he was completely off my radar. You know, completely off my radar. With wide receiver, I'm a little more likely to trust the talent than with running back. Running back, if they go in the second or third round, they're going to be important to me, no matter what I thought of them. Wide receiver, no. Wide receiver, if a random wide receiver goes in third round, like Vellis Jones, who doesn't belong there, um, I'm willing to downgrade them severely. I'm probably still going to be more in on them than others, but I'm not going to take a wide receiver. Tyquan Thornton was way off my board. I, I mean, I still liked him, but not compared to other people. Um, but yeah, I would say yes, to, to answer this question whole, yes, but rarely. Okay. One more. How long of a leash are we giving Kyle Pitts before he's knocked out of the top three dynasty tight ends? Oh, uh, probably two more bad years. <laughs> That's not happening. Uh, he's still only 22. Uh, he has the draft capital. He produced well as a rookie, which is uh, very well as a rookie, which is always what we want to see for a tight end. And there's just not much else in the tight end landscape. He's still my tight end one in dynasty. And I mean, if we look at the range, like I have him at one. Mark Andrews at two, but Mark Andrews is already going to be 28. Um, you know, Mark Andrews is not an ascending asset. I think his best season was 2021. I think his best season is behind him. Uh, Travis Kelsey is already 33, soon to be 34. I don't think he's going to gain value or pass pits in consensus ever. So, and then next is TJ Hawkinson, who's fine. He's good. He's really good. But, you know, where's the, up? you know, how, is how much upside? And then you get to... Dallas Goddard, who's older than Mark Andrews and is kind of, he's been fine, but I don't think he has that kind of upside. George Kittle is even older. I don't see it, you know, passing Kyle Pitts. Pat Fryermuth is in there. He's someone who could. Second season was a little disappointing. Uh, but, you know, he's someone who could. But I don't know. Kyle Pitts actually falling out of the top three dynasty tight ends. It's probably going to take 
Even if he got like, even if he tore his ACL, I don't want to say that, but whatever. Like, even if he missed all of next year, I think he'd still be there. So he might lose some overall value. He's already lost a lot of it for me. He's lost almost a round of value. And he'd probably lose another two rounds, maybe a round and a half, two rounds, but that he'd still be in the top three dynasty tight ends then. He has a long way to go to be out of the top three dynasty tight ends. If you're asking if he's going to be out of the top three rounds of a startup, that's a better question because that could happen. But to be out of the top three dynasty tight ends, it's a long way away. A dinosaur question from Scooter. Would there be any three down running backs next year? If so, who will they be? Um, Those are very rare. Brees Hall is someone I know could do it. Jonathan Taylor could do it. Uh, Saquon Barkley was that this year, and he could do it again. Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs uh, are some of the names. I mean, yeah, there'll be a few, not many. There will be a few, not many is the short answer to that. And of course, Bijan Robinson uh, has every potential, and I expect to do that. FF Lefty, I don't even know what to ask anymore. <laughs> Football fried my brain. Ah, uh, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> Thoughts on Trey McBride? I think a lot of upside. Uh, yeah, I'm still in on Trey McBride. I'm in Dynasty tight end 13, just behind Evan Ingram and just ahead of Cole Komet. I just think Trey McBride is more upside than Komet or some of the other guys behind him, like Dawson Knox. Um. I still like him. I still like him. Especially if DeAndre Hopkins gets traded. Really open up some targets. But he's a buy for me. Or more likely, it's tough to buy him because whoever picked him probably still likes him. If you're picking in a startup, drafting a dynasty startup, he is 100% someone who would end up on a lot of my teams. I, I like his value a lot. Who is a wide receiver outside the top 12 who you think has a chance to finish within the top 12? Well... Obviously, since I downgrade all the old guys, Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams, I think have a pretty good chance of finishing in the top 12 next year, who I don't have in my dynasty top 12. Uh, but if you're looking for someone not really in that mold, let's see. Um, I mean, Debo Samuel could get back there. Uh, he He's a name. If he has another touchdown, a high touchdown season, uh, he's certainly a good name. Devonta Smith is in the top 12 for a lot of people. So I have him at 13, but I could see that. Uh, if we're talking about people who finished outside the top 12 in redraft this year, who could finish there next year, Drake London would be a good name if the Falcons get a quarterback upgrade. Um, I always kind of have a soft spot for DJ Moore, but the Panthers would need a lot better of a quarterback. Chris Olave could get there uh, with strong quarterback play. Uh, if Derek Carr would be enough to get him there. There are some, there are some names. Always have some hope for Terry McLaurin, but I'm not optimistic about the quarterback situation. Um, yeah. What's a good identifier for talented guys that are undervalued? Is it a collage of factors? Well, uh, usually guys who don't score a lot of touchdowns or who haven't, um, because people just see the fantasy points. Touchdowns are the most, um, you know, least sticky stat. So someone like DJ Moore is often undervalued. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, also, uh, situation, I would say, like T. Higgins is often kind of undervalued because people just think that he'll uh, never be able to do much with Jamar Chase there. I mean, he probably will not play the rest of his career in that situation, and he's still only 23, so I wouldn't write T. Higgins off, but a lot of people do. Um, and then, I don't know, uh, players who uh, miss some time, potentially but are healthy now, not people who are injured now, not players who are injured now, players who missed 
time and it was frustrated, but who are currently healthy are often undervalued. So just that's another one uh, for sure. And then players who kind of were in bad situations, Traylon Burks is one who I think people undervalue. They don't realize how good his rookie year was, despite uh, he was someone who was injured, but is healthy now. Bizarre set of circumstances, a lot of quarterback issues, a lot of other problems. He's someone who uh, could look at. But just generally undervalued, there isn't one factor. The the, The factor is I look at the ADP and see which ADP I like. You know, which ADP would I actually pick that player there? I mean, that's how I determine if someone is undervalued. Look at the market and see how I feel about the player, my rankings versus the market. And I wouldn't say there are consistent factors there. I love this question here from FF Lefty. Who have you ridden off for future production that you're most scared will prove you wrong for 2023? Uh, Oh, man. I mean, Russell Wilson. Always could. I mean, he was good for a while. And then kind of has not been so good lately. Trey Lance, for sure. I mean, he has the rushing upside. Um, whoever, like, ridden off. I mean, Damian Pierce actually looked pretty good if he gets the role again. I, I kind of have assumed he's going to be replaced. But if he doesn't, he's someone who could definitely prove me wrong. Um. Those are some. Deontay Johnson, if he can kind of score some touchdowns and also become more efficient, maybe get a different team. Uh, Those those are a few. Darren Waller, I feel like I've kind of ridden him off, but if he gets Aaron Rodgers, maybe he'll be able to turn around. What's Ayuk's outlook with Lance possibly as the starter? Can he be a wide receiver one? Well, no. And uh, the outlook with Lance as the starter is bad. We don't want Lance to be the starter. For Lance, maybe... But Lance is going to run, which is going to take uh, targets away, passing attempts away from everyone. If if Jimmy Garoppolo, who is better passer than Trey Lance, by the way, couldn't support George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk, Brock Purdy couldn't support George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk, Trey Lance is not going to be able to do it either. Especially now with Christian McCaffrey there taking a bunch of targets. So, no. Brandon Ayuk can't be a wide receiver one. But... If one of Brandon Ayuk, I think Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel are both really good. The problem is that there's just not enough targets to go around with Christian McCaffrey there. So the the real issue for me is that I'm not sure Debo Samuel is any better, if better at all, than Brandon Ayuk. I think the rushing upside is why I have Debo Samuel higher. But he's not much better. So, yeah, I don't know. I I think going into next year, I'm probably going to rank. I mean, you got to assume they're both going to be healthy. I'm probably going to rank them. Neither of them are going to be in the top 15. Um, they'll probably be pretty close to each other. I mean, maybe I'll have Debo at 18 to 20, Ayuk at 25 to 30 or so. Maybe. I I think if everything goes right for Debo, he could be a wide receiver one. Ayuk requires injuries. I don't think Ayuk can be much more than wide receiver 15 at best with no injuries. Probably even lower than that. And Lance as the starter is not what I want. I want it to be pretty. If it's Lance, uh, take five spots off the value of Debo and Ayuk. Uh, can you explain a little on why you have Jordan Addison higher than JSN initially? Well, a lot of that's because of the draft capital that I was expecting Jordan Addison to get versus JSN. Uh, those marks have gotten a little bit closer. And um, 
I just saw a lot of JSN to the Giants or with Daniel Jones, which is not exciting, or Baltimore. What a disaster that would be. Um, whereas Addison was a lot higher. But as that gap starts to close, uh, if JSN has a good combine and you know shows that he's healthy and all that after kind of an up and down season and that he's back to his form and the draft capital, it's already closing. I've noticed when I first looked at it, Addison was kind of in the 10 to 15 range and JSN was mostly Baltimore at 23 down to sometimes not even being in the first round. If that gap starts to close um, and the draft capital projection starts to close, I will make the switch back to JSN. I think that if I were just picking with no buzz, like if I, if you just gave me their college career and I didn't know anything about where they were supposed to be picked and how the NFL liked them and any of that, I would have JSN higher. But, you know, it seemed like the NFL preferred Addison. Uh, to be honest, Quinton Johnson is going to be the first wide receiver taken, which I don't agree with. Let's just say that. I don't agree with that. But we'll have to see. Uh, but if that starts to reverse itself, uh, I'll switch to JSN. Okay. Is Kyler Murray still considered a franchise QB? I'm going to say yes, because they're stuck under, I mean, how long is this contract? I mean, they're stuck under this contract for many years. So yeah, I mean, they don't have a choice. They don't have a choice. They're stuck under this contract. Oh boy. It's not good. Uh, if they take their medicine, no, there's pretty much no way out of this contract. <laughs> they're stuck, through, stuck with it through 2027. Well, that sucks for them, but yeah, they're stuck with him. And I think he's still considered a franchise quarterback. He's actually a buy for me. If you can get him for like a late first and super flex, I've seen it. Uh, you might want to do it. Who is the rookie you're highest on that most aren't? Last year, you nailed it with Garrett Wilson when most people I saw had him at least wide receiver three. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I had him pretty high. I mean, I had him at one, but everyone was in on Garrett Wilson. Right now, uh, it's a good question. Uh, let's see. I mean, I, I like Michael Meyer. I've heard a lot of skepticism about him. I'm pretty high on him. I think he's going to go very high and, and have a receiving role right away. Um, other than that, uh, I, I've noticed that a lot of people haven't updated their rankings and gotten Nathaniel Dell up in the rankings, wide receiver from Houston. I, I will be honest with you. I don't know a lot about him, but I I, I know he did really well at the, uh, pretty sure he did really well at the Senior Bowl and, and he should be moving up ranks. He's going to be a day two pick. Uh, so he's someone I would look into. And then... Um, you know, Keishon Boutte is like moving up and down and up and down my rankings as we hear things. Um, my rankings are still in a lot of flux. Devon A-Chain is high in my rankings at this stage just because I think he's going to do well uh, in draft capital. Um, same thing on Jalen Hyatt. I also think he's going to be drafted potentially in the first round. Um, and then we'll see. I mean, I still like Tank Bigsby. Uh, as well, but draft capital is going to be very important for him. He's got to get on day two. If it doesn't get on day two, I'm going to be very concerned. But yeah, we'll have to see. Um, trying to think if there's anyone else. Oh, I mean, if Will Levis goes really high, I can tell you that I'm still going to draft him, whereas some people might not. But he's not going to be a top five pick for me in Superflex, so I don't know if you call that higher. Right now, I have him at eight, and Anthony Richardson right behind at nine. For me, if Anthony Richardson and Will Levis had similar draft capital, I'd have Anthony Anthony Richardson higher. But that projection assumes what 
I'm thinking is going to happen, which is Levis is going to go in the top eight and Anthony Richardson is going to go around 15 to 20, which means I would have Levis higher. Uh, seems like we all collectively forgot about Darnell Mooney. Sorry, not a question. This is the last one, by the way. Um, yeah, Darnell Mooney is a talented player and I don't think we should forget about him, but he's stuck on the Bears. And for now, for now, he's stuck on the Bears. And I feel like he is not the one, or he is for now, but he won't be next year. They're going to get somebody else, you know, be it in free agency or the draft. They need to get someone else, a real one. He's a two. And on that team, a two is not going to be successful in fantasy. Not with Justin Fields, not with their passing offense. They're a run first team, and they're going to stay that way. So, but remember, Darnell Mooney is a free agent after this year. He could go to another team, and I think he could have like a Robert Wood-style career because I think he is good. I think he is good. I would not write him off for Dynasty. But because of the short-term uh, lack of upside, I have him at wide receiver 46. Maybe that's a little bit low, but yeah, you know, I just don't. I don't think we're going to be excited about him after this year, but I haven't written him off. Uh, but anyway, if you watch the show, I really appreciate it. I, I hope you liked it. I'm going to try to keep these between 15 and 30 minutes, 15 and 30 minutes. So yeah, thank you. And uh, please check out the Patreon. It's, it, it's at the bottom of the show. Uh, you can click on the link and join it. If not, just follow me on Twitter at TylerFFCreator and you'll be able to see uh, everything that I do there, including all my YouTube content on this channel. I have my shows at 2 p.m. Eastern on, excuse me, 2 p.m. Eastern on Monday and 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday every week. And then I do additional content just when there's news, uh, shorts, and all of that. But yeah, I appreciate you for watching the video and I will see you all next time.